don't wanna be Just someone that's new I speak my mind so free So you could hear the truth Yeah, know that we all have fear Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Truth For Youth Podcast. I am the host, Micah Murphy, and this is the podcast that speaks truth. Hey, in a world where it's hard at times to find truth, this is the podcast that you can come to, let your guard down, and know that truth is being spoken. Guys, thanks for tuning in today. Hey, I got a quick favor to ask. If you have not already, guys, please share the podcast. And even if you have shared a podcast in the past, man, if you get value out of today's podcast, share it with somebody. Man, make a post on your Instagram, your Facebook, or post it in your story, but share it so others can hear it and see it and find it. This podcast doesn't grow without you guys helping, so please help it to grow. Help others find some value. And then take two minutes. It only takes about two minutes to leave a quick review on iTunes. Just jot something down and maybe you're finding value or it's benefiting you. I would greatly appreciate that. All right, so let's get into today's podcast. Man, I have been caught up in this documentary that has just recently come out. There's like four episodes out. Yes, it's called The Last Dance. And it's the documentary of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls and their dynasty in the 1990s. Man, I love it because I remember living this out. Like I remember as a young kid watching the Chicago Bulls. Man, I loved Michael Jordan. Uh, had, you know, posters of him all over my room, you know, always acting like I was him, playing basketball. And I just loved the Chicago Bulls, man. It was just contagious to want to be a fan, right? It was just easy. Well, the documentary has been really neat. And so far, there's been four episodes out. I was watching it this past Sunday night, and they were playing episode three. And usually each episode is kind of focused on a certain topic or maybe even an individual. And one of the main topics or the player that it was focusing on was Dennis Rodman. Now, if you know who Dennis Rodman is, he is uh, he's a little bit of a strange guy, right? He, he is very unique, uh, definitely uh, marching to the beat of his own drum. Uh, just, just a strange guy. Heck of a basketball player, though. So the documentary was really talking about, you know, how he came on board with the Chicago Bulls and his involvement with them. But it also showed a lot of kind of behind the scenes things that, that really not many people had ever seen before. And during one of those clips, he was working out and he made this statement. He said, basketball is simple. The game is simple. When you leave the confined zone, it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. And I started to think about that statement. Uh, I was a little confused, honestly, at first. I was thinking, the game is simple. Like, what? Yeah, that'd be nice, right? To, to say that a sport like basketball was easy, was simple. Like, that's crazy to think about. Heck, you take, you take any sport and you say that it's simple or that it's easy, and that's, that's a bold statement. Like, that's crazy. Like, I wish I could say that about something. And I would bet 99% of you out there would agree that, you know, something like basketball is not an easy, simple sport. Now, 
Yes, it may be simple or simplistic in the rules of the game or the object of the game, but to say the game itself is simple, like it's it's simple or it's easy to master, like that's that's mind blowing to think. And for Dennis Rodman, that's what he was saying. Like the game is is simple. You know, to to be a professional basketball player was easy, was simple for him. It was everything else that was hard. And I began to think about that. And uh, it started to kind of make more sense after I thought about it. And I'm telling you, that, that statement, for whatever reason, just kind of stuck in my brain. And it just made me think more about it, I guess, because I was kind of confused and I was very intrigued by that statement. And the more I thought about it, the more I started kind of imagining what he meant by it. Now, look, I don't know Dennis Rodman. Uh, you know, from, from what I could see on in the documentary and what I've known in the past on, you know, stories or news or whatever— you know, he's, he's a very uh, out there kind of guy, you know, hard partier, just kind of a wild dude. Again, just kind of very, very uh, unique individual, right? I'd love to, hey, I'd love to sit down and have a talk with him and just pick his brain and find out more about him. He seems like a really interesting uh, individual. But anyway, so I don't really know much about him. So I'm totally imagining what he meant by that statement based on the little that we, we know about Dennis Rodman. I started thinking, well, you know what? I bet he meant that basketball was simple and easy in the sense that, like, that was his refuge. You know, like, that was his safe place where he went into a gym and he had coaches and he had teammates that supported him and encouraged him. And the goal was real, uh, you know, real defined. He had kind of a standards or he had objectives that he had to accomplish. And so it made life kind of easy for him in that sense. You know, I know Michael Jordan and some of his teammates and, and the coach, they all, they all supported him. They all encouraged him. They were there for him, even though he was unique. They were still there to help him. And so I imagine he was saying, like, that's my support system. So when I go do that, that's easy, right? I got people that love me, that are supporting me, encouraging me. My objectives are clear. I can just go in there and work hard. But when I get outside of that, when I get outside of that confined zone that he calls it, that's what's hard. And I imagine he's talking about just the rest of life, right? Like, because life is hard. You know, there's, there's a lot of temptations in the world. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, people that were probably hating on him and talking trash. And I don't know what kind of family life he had or childhood that he had. Maybe he was talking about some difficulty difficulties that he had growing up or, you know, financial. I don't know, but imagine he sounded like he had a lot of just outside stress, outside pressures, uh, difficult things. I know the media, the media was always in his face, you know, which a lot of that, I think he brought the attention to himself, but, you know, I'm sure that was probably difficult dealing with the media and constantly having to answer their questions and maybe live up to this personality, there's persona, but he was talking about that was the hard part of life, having to deal with that. And I think even probably talking about the management, you know, like he definitely had some issue with, with uh, the leadership and the management, not his direct uh, coach, but the leadership on up. And, you know, dealing with the politics behind it all. So I began to think, wow, you know, there's a lot of parallels with Christianity, because you're probably wondering, where in the heck are you going with this, Micah? But I started thinking, yeah, there's, there's some good parallels. 
Think about that with the Christian walk. In one sense, following Jesus, like that's, that's our refuge as Christians, like that's our safe place, and that's easy, right? Like it's easy to be a Christian. Paul says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So in order for us to have everlasting life, to be able to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus or on the new earth and then when he recreates the earth, right? In order for that to happen, we only have to do two things. It says confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and then believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. That's simple, right? Like that's easy. He doesn't say that it, it depends on how much money you have or it doesn't you know, matter what color your skin is. Like all these other things do not matter. It doesn't matter how popular you are. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter how many likes you have. It doesn't matter what your economic status is. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter what your education level is. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how talented you are or how skilled you are. It doesn't matter about how good you are how many good deeds you've done. It doesn't even matter how much you've sinned in life, how many times you've screwed up or made mistakes. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how pretty you are or how handsome you are. None of that matters. Doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. You, anything that you can imagine, God says, that doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what you believe in your heart and what you confess with your mouth. It's that simple. And to think that that's all it takes to live forever in eternity, that's simple. But is it really that simple? Yes, it looks simple on the surface, right? It looks simple on paper. But what about the reality? What about actually living that? Ah, now we're looking at something a little different. And now we maybe can see what Dennis Rodman was talking about. Like, yeah, the game, the Christianity game is simple. But it's when we get outside, outside that confined zone, that's when it's hard. I don't know how many of you have ever been to a Christian camp. And I usually take our students to, to Fuge, to Centerfuge. And it's a great camp, you know. And hopefully we get to go this summer. As of right now, we are still on. They did cancel the June camps. July is still on, so I'm holding out, praying that we get to go. And man, I'm telling you, my students love it. They love to go to Fuge. And man, I've been going to, to Fuge for years. I went when I was a teenager, and I've been carrying teenagers for years and years. And look, that week... Man, it's one of the easiest weeks ever to be a Christian. Like, it's easy to be a Christian. It's so easy. Why? Because you're in the bubble. Man, you're in that confined zone. If you want to say it like Dennis Rodman was saying, the basketball court was for him. 
just like he was surrounded by great coaches and players that were pushing him towards a goal. When you go to camp, you're surrounded by tons and tons of other Christians, and you are constantly in a world of, of Christian worship, you know, reading the Bible and praying and just hanging out with other believers, and it's just easy, right? It's easy. Now, yes, there's other people there that are not Christians, and yes, there's still temptations to do something that's wrong and bad, but for the most part, for the most part, it is an easy week. Man, it is easy to live for God. It is easy to live for Jesus. It's easy to worship Him in public and to pray and, and to speak, you know, your thoughts about Jesus and your relationship and your struggles. But every year, I warn my students, every year I warn them, guys, we're going to go back to reality. We're going to come down off the mountaintop. You're going to go back to reality. You're going to go back to a world that wasn't like Fuge, right? You're going to go back where people are going to not have experienced what you experienced, and you're going to face temptations. You're going to face struggles. You're, you're going to face you know, obstacles and issues in life that are going to make you maybe doubt your faith or doubt the, the relationship that you have or pull you back down away from God and into just selfishness and, and fleshly desires. And it happens every year. Every year it happens. And even for me as the youth pastor, you know, I, I come back from camp and it's hard for me too, right? Because now I've got to get back into society where it is tough. It is harder. You know, it was a lot easier that week at camp. But that was our bubble. That was our confined zone. And so again, when we think about that, we think about how safe it is inside the bubble, that refuge that I, that I can't help but think that's what Dennis Rodman was saying. So when we look at the paper part, right, let's break it down a little bit because I want to make this clear because I say it's simple, and it is simple, but I want to make it real clear because it's super important. You got to get this, got to get this down in order to truly be saved, in order to truly have everlasting life. Now, what does he say? He says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Like, what does that really mean, that Jesus is Lord? Okay, so you're saying that Jesus is really the Messiah, right? That he is Lord of your life, that, that he has full authority, you, you know, that full ownership, that it is limitless, that it is powerful beyond all measure, and that you're submitting to that lordship, that, that you're allowing him to be Lord of your life, and so you're coming under that authority. And so when he asks you to do something, or he says, these are the commands, or these are, these are the way I want you to obey me, and this is the way I want you to live, then you do that. Now, it doesn't mean we do it perfectly, because we're humans. We're going to mess up. We're going to fall short. We're going to sin, because it's human nature, guys. We're not perfect. We're going to mess up, and that's okay. Christ doesn't say we have to live a perfect life. He wants us to live under his lordship, meaning we're striving to obey him. We're striving to live like him. We're striving to be more like him. All right, so then the second part, he talks about, then you must believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. 
Now look, this goes back to my previous podcast, how I said Easter is the greatest event in the history of the world. Why? Because again, without Jesus raising from the dead, then we're still in our sins, right? He was just a good guy. So when we're saying that God has raised him from the dead, we're saying that he was so much more than a good guy. He was so much more than a great prophet. We're saying that he truly was God, that he is God in man form, right? That he took on mankind, that he became flesh, and that he conquered death, that he conquered sin, and that's why he came back from the dead, to show that he truly was God. Therefore, he truly could die for our sins, which means we now can have everlasting life if we put our trust and belief in him. Now, when I say believe in your heart, what Paul's talking about is he's talking about a depth, like a true depth of belief, like with every ounce of your soul, with every ounce of your being, you are believing with everything that you have that that's who he truly is, that he truly is God, that he truly did defeat death and he defeated sin. Now, what's the difference between belief and trust? I heard an analogy years ago, and, I, and I've used it a ton since then, and I'll use it a ton in the future because for me, it just hits me like I get it. <laughs> I get it. All right, so imagine that you're talking to an airplane pilot and he gives you two backpacks. And he says, now in those backpacks are parachutes. Okay. We can believe that or we can choose not to believe that. For me, I believe I would be like, okay, well, I have no reason not to believe you, I guess. Sure, I'll believe that there's parachutes in this backpack. All right. So I'm believing what he told me is truth. That's the belief now. What's the difference between belief and trust? Trust, he says, come with me. And he flies you up on the airplane. He tells you to put the backpack on and jump out of the airplane. Think about that for a second. All right, so it's one thing for me just to believe that there's a parachute in that backpack. But when I put the backpack on and I jump out of an airplane, I'm trusting that there's a parachute in there. That's the difference. That's the difference between belief and trust. So that's what Paul's saying. Like you have to not just believe, you have to trust it, meaning that you're living it out, meaning that you are, you know, living your life for Christ now. It's no longer you who live, but it's Christ who lives through you. All right. So again, it goes back to it's simple, right? It's a belief and a trust. That's pretty thing. It's a pretty easy thing to do when we could look at the alternatives of, well, you have to do a million good deeds or you have to go fundraise, uh, you know, $10 million or whatever, whatever other things. And that's the way really every other world religion is. You have to do some type of earning your way to paradise or, you know, this heaven or whatever. Not with Christ. Christ is a true faith. It's a true belief. But the unfortunate side is, it is difficult. Yes, the game is simple. 
The Christian game is simple on paper. But unfortunately, we don't get to live in that confined zone. Just like Dennis Rodman doesn't get to live and didn't get to live in his confined zone of just the basketball court. There's life outside the basketball court. There's other human beings you have to deal with. There's other life issues and tragedies you have to deal with. Same for us as believers. We still have to deal with issues of life. There's mean people in this world, right? There's, there's people that are sinful. There's people that are hateful. They're going to hurt you, maybe physically, maybe emotionally, maybe mentally. Some intentionally, some unintentionally just because we're human and we're not perfect so it means we're messed up and we live in a world that is broken and fallen and that means there's heartache and that means there's pain and that's part of life and what that does that can wear on you it can wear you down and beat you down to the point where you give up on God you give up on your faith or you start listening to these other voices that are telling you oh no there's other ways to heaven. Don't listen to Christianity. It's this or that, or there's other ways, or that's all just a bunch of made up stuff. And you start listening to these other voices and you start giving into selfish desires and you start doing what your friends are asking you to do or pushing you to do or pressuring you to do because they don't have the morals. They don't have the standards that Christ is saying that we should have as believers. And that wears on us and it brings us down and it makes us, being a Christian difficult. We have to swallow our pride. We have to swallow our independence. We have to swallow the stuff of this world that we want to do, but we know we shouldn't do. Look, and I imagine, again, you know, I'm making some assumptions here with Dennis Rodman. I imagine he lived a pretty fun life. I imagine he enjoyed a lot of the partying and stuff that he did, but I'm also going to imagine that it never satisfied him, that it never fulfilled him. I've heard so many stories from so many other, you know, super famous, rich, athletic, Super Bowl champs, NBA champs, whatever, that ultimately never got fulfilled when they reached what they thought was the peak. It never fully satisfied them. Why? Because I truly believe that God has left a void in us that only he can fulfill. And every time we try to stuff things of this world in it, it's going to give you a little bit of satisfaction. It's going to give you a little bit of happiness. It's going to appease you just for a little bit, but then you will be left unsatisfied. I promise you, you will never be fulfilled. You will always be wanting more. And I imagine Dennis was always wanting more because he kept trying to fill a void, I imagine, or, or a longing or a desire with all sorts of worldly stuff. And I imagine along with that came some heartache, came some pain, came a more difficult life because he was rebelling against God during that time. Now, I don't know where he is today as far as maybe he's a Christian now, but I imagine when he was playing, based on that documentary, he was, he was not a Christian at that time anyway, praying that he is now. And again, I'd love to, to have a chat with him maybe at some point and, and just talk to him. But but again, what, how does that apply to us? Guys, we can go out and we can do all sorts of crazy stuff. We can go out and try to fill that void with all sorts of things. But only God can satisfy that. And guys, I wish I could say that being a Christian was as easy as it sounds, but it's not. It takes discipline. 
It takes hard work. You're going to have to read your Bible when you don't want to. You're going to have to pray when you don't feel like it. You're going to need to go to church or listen to, you know, some type of biblical truth, which this podcast will be a great start. But you have to make the effort, just like Dennis had to go to practice and he had to make the effort to be a phenomenal basketball player. It took hard work. It took discipline. Same thing with being a Christian, guys. You can't just coast. You have to put in some work. But here's the great news. God tells us if we will persevere, we make it to the end, what we're going to experience, we can't even fathom how glorious it's going to be, how amazing it's going to be. And to know that, yes, life can be short and we're not promised tomorrow and who knows how many years we get here on earth. But after this earth, we're going to step into eternity and it's either going to be one of two places. It's either going to be with God in paradise and in eternity or it's going to be separated from him in a not so good place. And both those places are real and both those places are the only two options that we have. There's not a third option, not from what the Bible teaches. It's one of two. And what we do here on earth, the decisions that we make here on earth will determine where we go. There's no second chance. There's no dying and then someone praying us into heaven. There's no dying and then you coming back and getting a second chance, guys. Are you dying and getting to stand before God and say, okay, I was wrong. God, you are real. Now, can I, can I confess? Can I, can, can I say that you're Lord? No, no. God says from the Bible that, that is not the case. That's not the way it works. We get one shot, one chance. But the good news is, and really it's better than good news. I mean, we say the gospel is good news. God, it's freaking phenomenal. It is great news. We get to have everlasting life if we just confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. Two things, and we get everlasting life. That is amazing. That is amazing. So guys, let me keep you uh, on a, leave you on a positive note here. Let me encourage you. Keep persevering. Look, life is not always going to be easy and fun. And there's definitely some fun times and there's definitely some easy routes in life. And, and I hope I get to live a lot longer here on earth because I'm enjoying the heck out of it. But I know one day when I step into eternity that it's going to be even so much more amazing because I get to spend eternity with my creator because I did those two things that Paul talks about in Romans 10, 9. Guys, if you have not done that, you need to do it. And the good news is you can do it right where you are right now. Pray and ask God to forgive you of your sins and say, God, I am now confessing with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I'm believing, God, that you raised him from the dead. And it says you're saved. Nothing else added, nothing else needed. Guys, I pray you do that. I pray you share that. Uh, keep fighting. Keep moving forward. Guys, I believe in you. I love you. Uh, I'm here for you. Guys, reach out to me. Again, you can find me on social media. Uh, for those that have my cell phone number, shoot me a text message, or you can find my email. I think it's on the bottom of the podcast. Shoot me an email. Uh, but I'm here for you. If you got questions or just need to talk, that's what I'm here for. I want you to live that God-fulfilled, purposeful life that he has created for you and intends for you to live. Guys, I love you. We'll see you in the next podcast.
Bye-bye.